Jesus said in John chapter 12, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. That's what Jesus said. And that's what we're trying to do here at Emmanuel. Hello, my name's Pastor Bob Gray, and I'm glad that you've taken the time to join us for one of our services. Our goal here at Emmanuel is to lift up Christ, to lift him up so high that no matter where you're at right now, he will draw you closer to him. That's our goal. May you enjoy the services of Emmanuel. And if I can be of service to you, please let me know. God bless you. Enjoy the service. Luke chapter 15. Take your Bibles and let's go there. Luke chapter 15. And then we're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We've been talking about family dynamics and everybody uh, in, in a home. Uh, should uh, have us have just a wonderful time as far as an experience. You know, one day when people leave the home, they're going to carry these memories and they will duplicate uh, a godly home. And that's what we're after. And I know this is a different kind of setting. So I really would pray that everyone on the other side, and by faith, I'm accepting the fact that you're watching uh, but I would ask that we just kind of tune in. Let's get our hearts to where it needs to be. We've been talking about family dynamics. We've been talking about uh, a home. So we've gone through different uh, kinds of home. This is kind of a, a uh, continuation of how to solve problems completely in a home. There's a lot of times that a home goes in a circle and it seems like they can't get past problems. Uh, they, 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 they think they solve it only to find out they repeat it and they just can't seem to get past it. I'll tell you, if your kids are young right now and if your children are very much um, young, learn how to get past issues because you don't want to reach in and you don't want to bring them up in time to come. I used an illustration of a uh, gun belt. I brought a gun belt, six gun gun belt uh, to the platform and it had in there, you know, where they put their bullets around the waist and I had bullets. And anytime you don't take care of a problem, the devil wants to store that issue, store that problem and use it as ammunition to use on at the next situation. How many times has someone reached back into a problem, pulled out an issue and then put it in the gun and fired it, and only to prove a point. We don't want that to happen. Luke chapter 15 is where we're at. We're talking about spiritual repentance, and you can go back and, and read and listen to the other broadcast, the other Bible studies. Luke chapter 15, verse 11, this is the story of the prodigal son. But when you work your way down to verse number Verse number 15, if you will, we know that the famine has hit. We know that he has wasted all of his substance. Uh, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Look at verse 16. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself. Now that's very important. Very important. Let's pray. Let's ask God to bless our Bible study. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is not something that we do at this point because it's what traditionally we do. But Lord, we're praying because I need you right now. Lord, I don't know who's listening on the other end of this. I don't know who is sitting there with their family and possibly, probably, they're experiencing some problems inside the home that if they were divided tonight and they were away from each other, that they would not be together to hear this truth. 
And God, I ask as we do a little bit of review and then we get into some new material that you'll just bless our journey. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This he came to himself. From the time that the younger son took all of his inheritance and there started to be this distance. I don't know how long this was. I don't know how long it was between the time that he demanded his inheritance, the conflict with the father, and then how long before he came to himself, and then he had to go back. Here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to lessen the time between the point of conflict and then this time that goes by, we don't want this to be very long. This is that atmosphere of repentance. Repentance is simply a word, and I, and I have my notes in front of me. Repentance is simply a word. It's used as a noun, and it's used as a verb. Uh, the noun, if you will, is simply a change of mind uh, to repent uh, of a purpose he has formed or of something he has done. It's a, it's a compunction. Uh, it's a uh, implication, a reversal of decision. So repentance is nothing more than metanoia or, or metaneia. It just simply means in the middle of it. So I find myself in the middle of it going, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to turn around and get out of this. And what we want is we want a home that is constantly built upon this, no matter from the time of the conflict to the time of the repentance or came to himself and then returning and going back home. We want that to be very short. We want this complete atmosphere in our home to where we're constantly, we, we, we have conflict, we get right. We have conflict, we get right. But we want to be able to make sure that it's done in, an, in a permanent fashion. We don't want to keep laying the same groundwork again. I wrote down, and I, and I was given the church four things during the Bible study. Repentance is not just recognition. It's not just that. The prodigal son, if that's what we would like to call him, the prodigal son recognized, I'm wasting my substance. He recognized, I'm wasting it on bad women. He recognized, he now has no place to stay. He recognized that he would have fain filled himself with the, with the husks. So, in, so here in Luke chapter 15, he already recognized, but that's not repentance. A lot of times we stop short of fixing something permanently because we think, oh, well, you know, hey, I recognize I've done wrong, but ladies and gentlemen, that, that's not repentance. And then repentance is not remorse. So it's just not someone being remorseful. It's not just reversal. In fact, let's go to that point of remorse, if you will, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 3. If you'll turn there, Matthew chapter 27, and verse number 3. And all this is by way of review. In Matthew 27, and verse 3, you're going to find out that Judas, the Bible talks about, that Judas betrayed, but then it said he, can, he repented. He's saying, I have sinned and that I betrayed innocent blood. So you're going to find out that there was this repentance, uh, it, but it's not just recognition. It's not just remorse. Uh, we find out that Esau, tears, not just remorse. It's just not reversal. Do you know what Judas did? Re Judas, Judas reversed. He took the 30 pieces of silver and he tried to give it back. But that's not repentance. Uh, that's not true spiritual repentance. Spiritual repentance is acceptance. 
And that's all wrapped up in the Bible study, so let me whet, whet your appetite just to go back. So repentance is the acceptance of four things, and this is what the prodigal son had. Acceptance of what I have done, acceptance of where I am at, acceptance of where I need to be, and acceptance of who is the solution. There in Luke chapter 15, and journey back there, if you will, in Luke chapter 15, all four of those were present. That's how we know that everything was right with the prodigal. And this is how you're going to know that we have solved whatever the problem was. Because whatever the problem was, there must be an acceptance. What have I done? This is what I've done. This is where I'm at. This is where I know where I need to be. And that the solution is the who, not a list. Sometimes we bring this, oh, I know you're really sorry if there is a list. So now if you would, take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And I love stuff like this. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And if you'll, if you'll go there. Hey, without all the preliminaries, this just may be the shortest Bible study that you ever have. How many really believe that pastor is going to give you a short Bible study? Raise your hand. You notice I ain't got my hand raised, uh, but here we go. You're right. Second Corinthians chapter seven. In Second Corinthians chapter seven, we're talking about this spiritual repentance, this atmosphere that should exist in a home. Inside of there, there is a process that must take place. A lot of times, people want problems solved right now. I, I don't want to walk through the caretaking of someone who is trying to get right on whatever given issue. It may be a husband that needs to get right. It may be a wife that needs to get right. It may be one of your grown children that, that they're struggling right now and they need to get right. They may be sitting in the living room with you right now. It honestly may be a teenager that's in that junior, senior year in high school and it's like, how do we do this? If we're not careful, there's one word that we cut out of the process. Second Corinthians chapter seven and verse number two. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of but the sorrow of the world worketh death for behold this self not my mic sorry about that for behold this self same thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort what carefulness it wrought in you yea what clearing of yourselves yea what indignation yea what fear yea what vehement desire yea what zeal yea what revenge second corinthians 7 11 in all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Here the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth in the second letter. In the first letter, he dealt with an issue of an immoral man in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Here we are in 2 Corinthians. They corrected this. But there's a word that I think we need to pay attention to in verse number 10. Would you look there? I'm going to let you read out loud there at home. Ready? For godly sorrow, what's the next word? Worketh. That's a very interesting word because what we have to understand is this. When somebody has godly sorrow and God starts beginning to work in somebody's life, a lot of times we make it much harder for people to come back. Sometimes we make it too hard for someone to return back to where they know they want to be. That prodigal son was in the hog pen. He came to himself. That's repentance. But it's spiritual repentance because guess what? He came to himself and then there was this reversal. But guess where he went back to? He went back to the father because he knew the father was the solution. What a great spiritual uh, lesson for you and I 
that God, he's the answer, not man, God's the answer. But here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, there's a work that's going on. One of the greatest attributes about our God is his long-suffering, his ability to be long-suffering. You know what this means? He gives us time to wake up in the hog pen, and he gives us time to make the journey back to him. This time right here, this is the working. So when you circle that, if you're taking note or writing notes, I want you to write this down, that there's a work being done on three levels. First of all, there's the work being done on the person who's repenting. This, this, this father's son, this prodigal son that was, that was away from his dad, took his inheritance, wasted it all. Do you know that according to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, this godly sorrow that happened, this picture that happened to this younger son, it was a work on him. It was this process of where it was coming down to this isn't going to work. So this this repentance was working. It was not only working on him, but guess what? It was working on anybody associated with him. Hey, wife, can I, can I, can I just give you some encouragement right now? That, that wife, husband, spouse, maybe one of your spouses is, is not living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you that let repentance have its work. Let it do its job. But our job is to watch somebody start rebounding back to the things of God. And when they start rebounding back to the things of God, it begins a work. And you have to recognize that this process that God's doing in your mate, this process that God is doing in your child, I, I can tell you, I can testify uh, as a young man in 16, 17 years ago when, when I was coming back to the Lord Jesus Christ. My, my mind was made up that, I, that I'm going to live for the Lord. But boy, let me tell you something, this process, this it was working in me. So found here, and now let's get into the lesson. Found here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 are six things that you can rest assured that when God is at work in somebody's life, then this atmosphere, this fragrance is being is, is being is being created. Uh, Miss Kelly, one of her friends, uh, gave her a, a plug-in wall, uh, nightlight air freshener fragrance, uh, and it was plugged into the wall. Our daughter-in-law was at the house the other day, and uh, she walked past to where that was plugged in, and she went, "Oh my, that smells wonderful." I want you to think in terms like this. Our homes should be so geared to repentance. It should be so all about people recovering and being redeemed. But we have to know that this process is more than just recognition. This process is more than just remorse. This process is more than just reversal. Nobody repents until they accept and once they accept that this is where I'm at, that's where I need to be, this is what I forfeited, this is the consequence, if you will, Esau, there in Hebrews, but number four, the only solution is Jesus Christ. That's it. That is the only solution. Then once they accept this, then this journey, because if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, there's one phrase that we, we want to be. Look at verse 11. At the very end, it says this, in all things ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. 
Whatever this matter is in your situation, Emmanuel, listen to this. Whatever matter is in your situation, your children are still young enough they don't have to remember. And this is the beauty of marriages fixing things and families fixing things when your kids are younger. That way they're not even aware of what they were taken through as far as problems. The very first thing we talked about last week was the situation there found in verse 11. It says, what carefulness it wrought in you. This word carefulness uh, is the, gives a sense of eagerness. I want to clear out. I want to get things taken care of. But sometimes in clearing out things, there comes this, have you told me everything? Have you gotten rid of everything? We need to understand that repentance, spiritual repentance, is clearing out. But sometimes there's things that people remember. There are things that people are like, oh no, I need to get rid of this. But just because they bring it up does not mean that all of the sudden that they are a liar. They're not. This is a process of times. I've been in a lot of situations to where you ask people questions for the sake of, of right away uh, getting things done, right away getting it all fixed. We want it all fixed. We want the complete surgery done. Get it all the way out. I'm going to use Brother Summerford right now, and he's home recovering, but he would be a classic illustration of this. Uh, he went into the hospital. He was very ill. One surgery did not get it all. He had to go back in for another surgery. That didn't get it all. He had to go back in another time. That didn't get it all. Let me tell you, sometimes when, you, when a person is, is, is getting rid of something, especially if it's been in their life very, very deep, it's going to take time. I would tell you that God will bring it to pass. We don't have to do a thing. Godly sorrows working, we're working toward being clear in this matter, a permanent solution in a family. And this is where this atmosphere that we're okay, even if somebody says, hey, I, I need to tell you something, I forgot to tell you about this that was going on. Look, we got to be okay because this eagerness to get rid of. Then the second thing it says this, and this is where I, I, I want to come to. Look at verse 11. Yea, it says, yea, what carefulness it wrought in you. Look at verse 11. The second thing it says there, yea, what clearing of yourselves. This is apologia in the Greek, okay? So this is how you know that you're on your way to somebody that has true repentance. Now, sometimes people repent for a Band-Aid. Uh, sometimes people repent because they just want to put themselves in a good position to get something done. This is all found in the past Bible studies, and I would encourage you to go back and look, listen to them and look at them. So, so understand that, that this is where people are at. They are like, they do things because it puts me in a good position. It puts me in favor in a kingdom or, or it gets you off my back. What we're after is to clear everything out. What we're after is to make sure that everything, everything is clear so that we can move on. Don't build a future upon rubbish. But here is where apologia comes in. When God's at work, there is not a pride, there is a humility. There is this recognition. Remember, repentance, this, this atmosphere 
all of a sudden doesn't have somebody who says, I want my way. It has somebody that's very humble. There is a problem that exists in man, and it's pride. Pride won't let them admit they're wrong. Pride won't let them ask for help. Pride will not let them discuss things in their life. Boy, but when somebody's like, I don't want to be that guy. I, I don't want to be that lady. I, I, I don't want that. I don't want to be that kind of spouse. I want out of it. Then, then there has to be this home to where this can happen. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And I think the writer of the New Testament, the, or, or I should say the, the main writer of the New Testament, uh, which was Paul, he comes to, to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And if you look at verse number 12, I think he puts it best. Because whenever you're just, you're, you're trying to clear yourself, you're, you're trying to answer, and, and it means apologia, it means an answer, it means a defense, uh, not defensive, but that you're always giving a statement or you're always trying to explain who you were. This is part of what happens in somebody's life. But look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who was before? Now, this is what, this is what Paul is always doing. Paul is always traveling backwards to give a defense. Not, not defensive, but to give a defense or an explanation. Who was before a blasphemer, listen to it, and a persecutor, injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might be shown, show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. When somebody has spiritual repentance, then several things are going to start to happen. And one of those is there is this clearing of yourselves. There is this apologia. There is this, here's what I was before Christ. But then Christ came in, and now here I am. This is the work that Christ has done in me. And then there is this automatic long-suffering that we pass on to people around us. This is what you want. This is this atmosphere that you want. Do you know that you can tell that when somebody is truly, this is working in their heart. By the way, you can't fake this. You can't fake godly sorrow, nor can you run from God. When God does something, this is amazing because you always are putting yourself as this, oh, I'm the chief of sinners. I am. I'm the chief of sinners. And then he used the term here, in in verse number, um, uh, let's see here, verse number 16, uh, I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. You know what that pattern is? You first must come recognize, oh, here's what I was. The prodigal son 
had it. The prodigal son said, oh, this is what I was. I was about to fill my belly with husk. I wasted my money in riotous living. I, this is what I was. But when you come to yourself and you realize, I got to get back to the Father. I've just got to get back there. Then your journey back is one of cleaning up your life because you want to be clear in this, whatever this matter is. And then there's this automatic built-in humility. There is this apologia. There is this defense. There is this explanation. You feel like I, I, I need to explain why I am just, I, I just, here's how I look at life. I'm, I'm going to encourage you and, uh, and, I, and I'm going to end on this, but I'm going to encourage you tonight to understand this, that your husband, your wife, your in-laws, your grandchildren, your children, everybody deserves to have a home to where when they have wandered, that it's very easy to come back. And coming back is this easy, is that when we allow this work to take place, it's, it's a day-by-day thing. It's a moment-by-moment thing. But here's what we're after. We are after that we will be clear in this matter. By the way, it's possible. It's possible. You know, 34 years of helping people. That's three and a half decades of talking to people, understanding that God does a work. And a lot of times, if it's not done right away, people discount the validity of somebody getting right. But I have seen people get right. And I've seen people, it takes a while to fix things. I've seen marriages that a spouse won't give a spouse a break because they don't believe them. Let me tell you something. I'm so glad that one day Christ believed us when we said, I love you. How many times have you gone to Christ with the same sin over and over and over and over again? And he has forgiven you over and over and over again. This is Christianity at its finest. And I think what we need to do is I think we need to slow down in our homes and understand this, that if you want to fix something permanently, then you're going to have to, and I'm going to have to take a God attitude about all this. And that is when he comes to himself, that I'm, it's just not good enough recognition. That's not good enough for me. It's not good enough that there's tears. It's not good enough that there's reversal. There has to be this moment of breakthrough. And that moment of breakthrough is when you recognize, you reverse, you're remorseful, but all of that is fixed permanently when you go back to the Savior and you let the Savior do that permanent work in our lives. I'm telling you, it's very, very insightful of what begins to happen in our life. You don't have to tell people to get rid of stuff. They'll get rid of stuff when God's at work in here. You don't have to tell people to be humble. They'll be humble when things are getting fixed right in here. Hey, after dealing with the who's that come along, when somebody, God's at work, they always get rid of the who's that bewitch them and hinder them. And I'll tell you, whoever it is that's causing problems in your immediate family, in your immediate church, that who needs to go. But that will only happen when there is repentance involved. That metanoia, in the middle of it, this isn't going well, then don't continue. Turn around, get out, 
Run to Jesus Christ. And by the way, it's not turning over a new leaf. And it's not repenting of all your sins that brings about salvation. It's recognizing those sins are going to send you to hell. And there's only one solution to get you out. And that's Jesus Christ. 